Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Okay, so today the episode is Road Trip to Harvard, and it is my week to do the summary. Um, so far, we have not done too great at, the, at this, but you know, we're, we're trying our hardest, um, and you know, I um, am going to do this this time. Are you guys ready with the timer? Yes. Three, two, one. The road trip is in full effect. There's no map, but Lorelai remembers a past friend, Donald, or something that owns a B&B. Except when they go, it's now the Cheshire Cat, owned by Ladon. There's a lot of flowers. The first night is awful. There's no food and a lot of fighting. Suki tells Miss Patty the news, and Miss Patty tells everyone except for Luke, who finds out and gives free coffee. Meanwhile, the girls realize they're close to Harvard, and hey, Rory fits in. Back in the hollow, Lorelai arrives to sympathy, but she casts it aside for decisiveness and goes to the end. All right. Hmm. I would count that as a success. I think so, too. There was honestly so little in this episode that we could have done it in 10. (laughs) If anything would have, if if any episode was going to make it easy, it was going to be this one. Oh, yeah. So so do I succeed? Yeah. So no so point because that's how no it works. Points, <laughs> points yeah, are so bad. <laughs> we messed this up before. We'll figure it out. But basically, I have no. I have one point so far, which is bad. But Sandra's I do not get lead. another one for this one. Yay! Congratulations. Thank you. I I worked really hard for this, so I appreciate your uh, congratulatory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but. Moving on to the episode in question. Uh, yeah, we pick up not directly after we left the, the girls, uh, red, red light on wedding night, but they are mm-hmm. in the car, they are road tripping, uh, and as evidenced by their departure, there's no planning. They're just Nothing. going. It's not just no planning, it's... I don't even want to look at a map. I don't care where we're going. It's an and outright refusal Rory, to plan. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Rory, uh, she wants to know. And I, I feel for Rory in this moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like this, too. And I mean, one of the first things that happens uh, in in the, like, the second scene, nobody knows that the wedding mm-hmm. is off. Mm-mm. And so Lorelai has to call Suki and tell her. And we all still love Max. Um, I don't know if you saw Rory's face while she said that, but mm-hmm. it was so sad. Like, she gives the smallest smile at Lorelai, like, at the joke or whatever, mm-hmm. um, when she looks over. But, like, Rory's not okay. Well, and, like, one of the other things that this phone call reveals is that Lorelai was supposed to be at work today. I have no idea what, what is going on um, Listen, the timeline does not make sense. Because... On the phone, Suki says, like, hey, you coming into work soon? Or something like that. And Lorelai's like, well, no, we we're on the off. road. <laughs> we left off with it being in two days. Mm-hmm. The wedding is in two days. We go to this, and Lorelai's supposed to be at work. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I hope you didn't do the cake. Is it Rory who two says days two days? before my wedding. Because I think it's Rory who says this weekend. 
when Lorelai comes into the bedroom. Is it this weekend? Well, actually, you know what? It must be the next week because at the very end of this episode in the Friday night dinner, Emily still expects them to be getting married, but time yeah. is this passed. following weekend. But is it Friday? Because why else would they be there besides Friday night dinner? I assume they don't go to the Gilmore's house just to go. I assume no. that's Friday. I'm thinking Lorelai's freak out happened on like a Sunday or Monday morning because they're gone for a couple of days, but still get back in time for Friday night dinner to be able to tell Emily on Saturday. That is that is my canon. This is a logistics nightmare. <laughs> they went into a wormhole. Um, you know the upcoming uh, Marvel like Spider-Man stuff where they're going into the multiverse? This is what happened. I'm convinced. Yeah. It's it's just it's such a mess. I feel like if if there's like a dedicated listener out there who is also super into this time stuff the way that we are, who wants to go and like dissect it and, and look for all those points. Please let us know. Be our guest. <laughs> write in. If we keep going about time, we're never going to stop. Okay, but this is we a filler episode. Move. What else are we going to talk about? <laughs> we can talk about Hayden's nuts. Yes. Which, by the way, is not pronounced Hayden. It's pronounced Haddon. I is don't, it a real there's thing? There's no Y. There's no I. No, it's, it's just It's the, the sign. It's H-A-D-E-N. I mean, yeah. it's only one D, so I guess it could be the long A sound and yeah. since it's not too and i mean i'm assuming it's a family name too and sometimes like it's like oh yeah we've pronounced it this way okay but why would you but choose that you one f- why that name there are right? so many other last names right that's what i was saying the entire time i'm like at least make a joke that it's your dad's last right? name too but no at least make a yeah. joke about strobe making his making his riches selling nuts there is a lot of there's so here. many mm-hmm. jokes there <laughs> gosh yeah I didn't think about it until now. There's a lot of potential. I never noticed it, even noticed the last name until this watch. I was like, oh, well, well that's that's there. And so focusing <laughs> in on, on these nuts that they purchased, like they each <laughs> have a bag, right? I think so. Um, I think it was just one big bag. Or was it just one it? big bag? Because I don't know. later on in this episode, they are hungry and they have nothing. And I mean, oh, like, right. I like, I, I like nuts. Like, I love cashews and, and almonds and what have you. But I don't think, in, even in the car on a road trip, I could just sit and eat what looks to be a solid maybe pound or so of nuts. I guess they are the Gilmores, so maybe they did. <laughs> I mean, okay. So there are but... three bags. One, like, big okay. canvas bag, and then two little ones. Guys, two tiny little paper bags. also have to keep in mind... They're coming from Hartford-ish, right? Stars Hollow is not a real place, so mm-hmm. Hartford-ish to Boston, which is like a four and a half hour drive. Yeah. No, but how many nuts can you eat in four and a half hours? I mean, it's the Gilmores. It's okay. So there are three bags of nuts, but it is heavily implied that these that nuts are gone. The nuts are gone by the time they reach the Cheshire Cat, or maybe they left them in it's the a car. Lot of nuts. And they did not oh. want to risk the downstairs to get them. They brought so many bags. They brought bags like if they were they gone could have for hidden like their nuts. three months. But if they didn't put the nuts in the bag and left the nuts on the dashboard. Yeah, 
Let's talk about a different part. I was like, don't drink every time we say nuts. You will be ill. (laughs) Let's talk about a different food. Have a really good episode. Um, Clyde the cake. The five-tiered cake. Oh, cake. It's beautiful. It's a stunning cake. I'm going to say something a little weird. Is it a little bit less elaborate than Suki usually does? Usually Suki is like, there's, I don't know, there would be goats on it, like Luke. Yeah. Like, but instead, it's just the, li- the the little pink lilies. But this might have been Lorelai coming in and be like, no, simple, clean, and this was Suki's Ooh, version yeah. of simple. Um, like In the future, when they cater that kid's Lord of the Rings party, like, yes, I feel like I even that, that cake, <laughs> even that cake is more extravagant than this, like, I guess, decorative-wise. It's obviously a smaller yeah. cake, but... Suki handles it with class. She oh, yeah. Starts slicing and giving to the kitchen staff. Mm-hmm. The kitchen staff looks so disappointed. How much work probably went into making that cake? Like oh, hours. Still a lot, yeah. Hours. Mm. I I will say, assuming this is like a Monday or a Tuesday, that I'm surprised the cake is made that far in yeah. advance. Well, that's why I think it's like it's supposed to be in two days, but then later on it's in a week. So, you know, time moves differently there. Also, Suki is holding, you know, a butcher knife to start cutting this cake. Is anybody else just waiting for her to like tap somebody with the end of the knife to be like, <laughs> here's your piece of cake? Yeah, well, um, I, we've had a good few episodes without Suki yeah. being, like, a disaster, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I agree. There's one point she's kind of holding the knife out to the side while talking, and, I just, and I'm fully expecting her to just start tapping the guy behind her to be like, here's, mm-hmm. your, here's your cake. <laughs> well, and I also want to give, like, a brief credit, an acting credit to one of the guys that she hands the cake to. He looks so disappointed. He's like... Are you kidding me? Why are you cutting this cake? <laughs> yeah. Which, good for him. Somebody needs to be like, this is bonkers. And it okay, is. unnamed kitchen guy, you get to be the one. I love the the guy who's like actively decorating it that she shoes away. He's just like, okay. And walk, like he just looks confused. Yeah, which I would be too. Right. Uh, we do, however, need to move on. Yes. <laughs> we do. Um, and so do the Gilmer girls who um, move on. Let's say Lorelai remembers a past friend, Donald. Something, something or other. Stein. Steen. Yes. And um, how he had this cool B&B that every room is a different decade. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. Or like a different time period. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Yeah. Still kind of sounds like a nightmare. Not going to lie. See, I love that. That's my thing. I felt like there was so much B&B hate in this episode. There and is. And it struck me as really bizarre because, like, Lorelai is in the hospitality industry. Maybe there's some yeah. kind of, like, major beef between B&Bs, B&Bs and inns. And inns. <laughs> like, I want to know if there is. If you are in is. hospitality, let us know. I, w- I want to know. They act like a B&B is the most terrible thing ever. Well, and... LaDon. We meet LaDon, um, the owner, but also the hostess mm-hmm. of the B&B. She might be and the only employee there. We don't see anybody else. It's quite possible. Yeah. Um, I get customer service vibes from her. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. she's trying her best. That's okay. To- Thank it's, you. Yeah. 
it's ex- it's extreme too. I had some, like, justice for LaDawn feelings during this episode because they continue to paint her as, like, ridiculous and silly. And, yes, she is kind of odd, like, especially that whole exchange they have at the end of the episode on the stairs about the cat. Yeah, that part's weird. Otherwise, she is just trying to provide a nice experience. She's very courteous. She's excited for them to be there. And they just treat her like she's insane. Not just her, though. Everybody oh, there. Everybody there. Yep. <laughs> Everyone. Um, but, okay, for them, they are forced to stay in this cat nightmare uh, with flowers everywhere. There's only and one cat. There is only one cat. And Sammy wasn't that big. No, no he wasn't. I don't, I don't understand the cat. Sh- Sammy slander. It was weird. <laughs> I feel like they made that joke and then they couldn't find a cat fat enough. So it's like, just tire the biggest one we can find. Yeah. I mean, it was cute. It was, <laughs> it was just a very great cute cat. cat. Yeah. Um, what I did notice is that behind the counter, um, there are pink lilies. These same exact pink lilies that were on Lorelai's cake. Oh. So they obviously had a big shipment of them. But they used not enough <laughs> on the cake. And voice. we're like, here we go. We Man, Suki works desk. fast. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but this, this room. The room is a lot. Yeah. Would you have liked to stay in this room? I wouldn't pick it if you gave me a selection, <laughs> but I also would not have been aghast so rude. when yeah, you open yeah. the door. Like, Lorelai literally, like, makes an audible sound of shock and horror. <laughs> and not a good one. Like, LaDawn turns around like, no. hmm? yeah, and Lorelai tries to, like, play it off, but, like, that sound was just straight up, ah! Like, Mm -hmm. something negative just happened. Sandra, paint them a picture of what this room looks like. Have you ever seen a thousand flowers up close to your face? No, this is the room that makes Liberace walk in and be like, whoa, nobody's this gay. Ugh, I hate that joke so much. Why? Why? Why all the gay jokes? Come on. It's just a very floral room. It is. It's just a very floral room. The patterns are, like, kind of too matchy, which is probably its biggest crime, but... You know what? Yeah. It's it's the same pattern everywhere. I gotta say something, though, guys. I've seen a lot of 2000s, like, 90s to 2000s shows, a lot of them, and I think Gilmore Girls might be the one with the most gay jokes. I mean, we like, get, I don't... At, what, at least one, if not more, a season. The big one I can think oh, yeah. of last season is Kirk. Yeah. There were a couple last season. I'm sure there were. I just can't think of them. And then it continues. I'm mm-hmm. on my season five rewatch right now. And it's <laughs> happening there too. And it's like, it's not just the first couple seasons. Yeah. It continues. Yeah. Gilmore Girls. Shame, shame, shame. Um, you know what? I do, what I did love about the show though, is the little detail of Rory's backpack. Oh, yeah. Right? That like... You know, when you go on a trip, you bring your school backpack, and it's the same one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> so the girls have gotten to the Cheshire Cat. They don't like mm-hmm. LaDawn. They don't like their room. Yeah. And apparently they have eaten, like, three pounds of nuts, and they are starving. <laughs> and it's only been four hours. They, well, they didn't eat anything for breakfast, I'm assuming. Or maybe they yeah. had, like, Pop-Tarts or something. Well, yeah, Pop-Tarts they left at, like, 6 a.m. or something, right? They're so, so hungry, and yet they're also not willing to go into the main room of the bed and breakfast 
because there are other people there. It just blows my mind. What blows my mind is that, okay, Rory's still a teenager, but Lorelai is a grown-ass woman. Right? Who has every right to just be like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to leave. Bye. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, bye. We have to go to eat. So when you get the view of them at the top of the stairs looking down on the room, it looks like it's dark outside. So I think we have to assume it is dinner time. Mm-hmm. So they were on the road for a while, whatever. Lorelai is 32 years old and can't just, hey, we're going to go get dinner, have a nice night, and walk out the door. Like, yeah. I have, and she's like, no, we can't go down there. They're going to ask all you these questions about your chit-chat. hunky, hunky boyfriend. Okay, you're going to, you're going to tell a 16 year old girl that she can't talk about her hunky, hunky boyfriend. First of all, it's weird that you're calling him that, but <laughs> right? Ugh, gross. we'll move on. Still Dean. <laughs> Again, um, 32. It's roughly 5 o'clock because it takes them three hours of hiding. Um, for it to be like 8 before, something. Yeah, exactly. For it to be 8.23. And they're super bored. Mm-hmm. They're singing downstairs or something. And like, if they're singing, that's the perfect time to leave. Right? right? They don't want to interrupt the song. Just give a thumbs up and like, oh, this sounds great. Bye. Like, and go. Exactly. If you want to be really nice, you could pretend to clap for him while you're walking out. Yeah. Also, just like (laughs) not a great mom move, in my opinion, for your child to be like, I am so hungry. Please. And all I have for you is a certs. Well, you have to start because I'm too socially (laughs) awkward to get us to walk out the door. She didn't even share it with Rory. Poor Rory gets, like, screwed over in this episode. Yeah, At least she in does. this little part. Okay. Yeah. And she's being she's, a trooper. I'm hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, in the last episode, we were really impressed with her, too. She mm-hmm. had a brief mm-hmm. pause, and then she was like, okay, I'm packing. Where are we going? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just going with you. And now, she's hungry. And they have a gnarly fight. Yeah. Yes. So, Rory wants to talk. Um, and this is, like, not gonna lie, guys. The meat of the episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the only part that's, like, not filler. It was the fifth um, scene. <laughs> the fifth of 13 scenes. And uh, Rory wants to talk about Max. And Lorelai retreats. Yep. And becomes so cold. Mm-hmm. Yikes. It was so yikes. Yeah, Lorelai she shuts says, her down really hard. Lorelai says so many times, I don't have to discuss this with my daughter. And, like, every time she says it, I'm like... But you do. You literally mm-hmm. upended yes. this girl's life with absolutely no warning and no explanation. And you expect her to be okay with it? Mm-hmm. Like, even if it just turns out, turn you know, even just, I'm sorry. I realize he's not the one. It's not going to work out. I love Max, but I'm not in love with Max. I'm sorry. Just that's better than nothing. Yeah. Than nothing that she got. And like, Lorelai's all, um, I don't want to talk about my social life. Social life? That was her potential stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. And Rory even says, like, we were planning on this. I was planning on this. Max Mm -hmm. was planning on this. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm your best friend. And she's like, you're also my daughter. And I was just like, oh, Lorelai. I know she's hurting, but. She plays the mom card at weird times. Yeah, she does. This is a weird time to play it. Um, And you're right. Like, Rory literally says, this is our life that you just tossed away. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and I get where Rory's coming from, but I also feel for Lorelai because it's very obvious she does not love Max. Yeah. 
I get it when Lorelai says that she didn't just toss it away, but the way that she's treating Rory and refusing to acknowledge and explain what happened, mm-hmm. like, that's totally what it feels like. Lorelai, yeah. you have every right to walk away, but you totally just upended your life and your daughter's life. You have to discuss that. Yeah. And she does at the very, very end after they have kind of decided, nope, we're just going to bed. We're fighting. We're done. Yeah. She does say, you know, I I wish it could have worked out. I wish I did love him. I yeah. wish I did love it him. It kills me. Which, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say it, then you could have said it the first time she asked. Right? You didn't need a fight to do it. But yeah. a fight where she claims that she's a grown woman, but also can't walk out of the door. Oh my god! For fear of a couple asking her what she does for for work. Which, by the way, we didn't mention this before, but Ladon asks her what she does for work. Oh and yeah. Lorelai lies and says publishing. I don't understand that and either. Like, I think maybe that adds to the there's beef between ins and B and Bs. Maybe it's like a shark versus jets kind the of thing, beef. and she would like shank her. You know, like, who knows? <laughs> Just lock her in the Madonna room. You're room never here. leaving here. <laughs> they would have put her in a worse room. <laughs> they would have made her come downstairs. Yeah. Try to and I was her. thinking about, like, so much of this show, even though we talk a lot about how things are very much of their time, the fashion, the, the references, so much of this show still holds up and feels modern because these characters are modern and... Mm-hmm. This is one moment, though, where I was like, why not just order a pizza to the room? Like, why not just, like, order something? And I know that they're, like, in a new place and they don't know. But, like, today, if I was in a weird B&B and I didn't feel like I could leave, I'm going to get on Grubhub. I'm going to get on DoorDash. (laughs) Food is coming to me. See, I feel like most of these places would have, like, a phone book in each room. Yeah. But with it being a and b maybe it'd be, like a community phone book that you have to go downstairs to get. Yeah. I don't know. Well, in, like, hotels, a lot of the time they'll have, like, those uh, binders that have, oh, like, like, menus and yeah. stuff. For so sure you can stuff, order. Yeah. But, no, I guess maybe LaDawn would want to serve them herself, which... <laughs> she would be really offended. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. If they ordered a pizza. However, it doesn't seem like they feel too bad about offending LaDawn. Oh, no, definitely not. Nope. Um, and... Lorelai's review the next morning is satanic forces are at work here, which Rory uh, kindly but also kind of incoherently corrects to sat and forever am at work here, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. Um, But that just makes me feel like she took a sabbatical and locked herself in a room to get all of her work done or something like that is what it feels like. I I don't know. Like, it feels so childish to write that in a guest book. Like, that's something I would have done when I was, like, eight, and I would have giggled to myself the entire (laughs) car ride home. A 32-year-old woman doing that? Oh, well. Lorelai's not not at her best in this episode. This episode just supports my theory, and this is by no means all-encompassing. But in my personal experience i might have said this before i i feel like a lot of women who become parents in their teens kind of stop maturing at Mm. that at that age um now there are definitely women who have gone on to be amazing and i don't want to say it's like a for sure thing by any means but my personal experience the women i have met who had kids in their teens kind of stopped there well i think you probably have to put yourself on hold 
you know, yeah. for, oh, yeah. for a while. So you're just so focused on somebody else. It would make sense if you don't, you know, have time to grow as a person. I learned a lot of skills in my early 20s that of like how to deal with, you know, strangers and talking one on one, making phone calls, ordering my own pizza on the phone because online adult. wasn't a thing, scheduling my own appointments. Laurel, I never had. I feel like that transition stage to like slowly figure yourself out and stuff like that. It was just kind of like, nope, you have a kid now. Figure it out. That probably has a huge. I don't want to like um, be rough or be like. I don't know, condescending towards people who have social anxiety because that's a real thing. I also have social anxiety. But, like, if my daughter is starving, I need to make a plan to yeah. uh, give her food. Yeah. <laughs> also, hangry is a thing. I am well aware yeah. of that. Yes. Because I get it. <laughs> and I feel like it definitely contributed to this fight. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, the girls go downstairs. Uh, the coast is not clear. They thought it would be, but it's not. Uh, the B&B people are there. Bird watching. And, you can't schedule yeah, this. It's not on the freaking list. Oh, it is on the freaking list. Or you can't put it on the freaking list. That was so weird. Yeah. LaDawn saying freaking list was so weird. It felt... I hate it. I know that you said earlier, very customer service Having been in that customer service world, yeah. when you're like, this person sucks, but I have right? to keep a smile yes. on my face. It kind of felt like that. Like... You can't it does. put this kind of thing on a freaking list. It's like it's passive aggressive, which good for her. I feel for her. I love it. She's just doing her job. I feel like today in small businesses, it's come out a lot more, especially with like the internet and on- online reviews for a lot of owners to be like, "Well, suck it up, Buttercup. You like it or you don't." Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Ladon had this B and B now, she'd be like, "Okay, well, you can go." Yeah. Yeah. Also, in defense of hummingbirds, they're beautiful and super fun to watch. Yeah. Their wings are, like, super fast. I saw a woodpecker sitting out on my fence the other day, and I had never actually seen a woodpecker. I hear them all the time, but I've never actually seen them. (laughs) And um, I looked at Sean, and I was like, hey, there's a bird out here with, like, an orange head and black and white spots (laughs) on his body. And he's like, yeah, that's a woodpecker. I'm like, oh. Well, I've never seen one outside of the Woody the Woodpecker cartoon, so excuse me. I was about to say, what was the cartoon? That was it. Woody the Woodpecker. But the girls do finally get some food. LaDawn has made some scones, and they Mm -hmm. immediately set upon those scones Scones. like a band of wolves. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like two hands. Double fisting. Very uh, (laughs) uncultured. Yeah. For a woman that literally was raised in Emily Gilmore's house. And, um, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> to the credit of, they're calling these people dentists, but this is a couple. I, I don't think that they're probably dentists. Um, they, they act like the girls are not doing something super weird by literally scarfing every scone left. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very kind. They're genuinely interested in Lorelai's mm-hmm. line of publishing work. Um, they want to immediately set Rory up with their grandson. <laughs> yeah. I think. No, son. son. Was son. it their son? It was his son, yeah. And one thing I dislike about shows in general, not just Gilmore Girls, but everyone goes to an Ivy. Mm-hmm. Like, no one goes to, like, the college, state college or anything. Yeah, unless you're in the South. And then in the South, you can go to a state college. Yeah. Dean goes to state um, college. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't um, necessarily speak well for community <laughs> college. <laughs> anyway. Um... But yeah, so this publishing lie is stupid. 
I just want to pull that up yep. there, oh, there yeah. again. Second. Um, however, the horse that wanted to bark was really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that to be a real book. <laughs> yeah, me too. Also that the lady was like, I think I read that one to my grandson. Girl. I mean, I have read a lot of children's books. I was a children's librarian. There is likely a book that is similar out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was, like, it was so good-natured to her to be like, oh, yeah, that one. Like, Well, I used to work at Barnes & Nobles, and I used to work in the kids' section. And um, on Wednesdays, we would have little, like, reads, oh, right? Fun. Like, Aww. we would read to the kids. And so I have read, like, uh, When the Mouse Gets the Cheese, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And Good Night, Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Not Spoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she could so have said times. real titles and they would have believed her right (laughs) but Lorelai wouldn't do that no instead she leaves and leaves Rory to the wolves and calls Suki Mm -hmm. and Suki is at Luke's Luke's diner yeah we get our scene at at Luke's and this is (laughs) this is such a funny scene so we have a a good Kirk moment Mm -hmm. um Kirk's just been ordering a bunch of coffee and Luke is like done with him. He wants him to leave. Kirk clearly has no plans for this day. No, no. But at Lorelai's request, Suki breaks the news to Luke because Suki says he's just such a loner. The news never made it to him. You're in the diner. Kirk is in the diner. Townspeople are in the diner. Somebody are you going to tell Luke, me Miss Patty didn't walk in and just oh Luke, darling, I'm so glad you're Luke. here. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Luke, I mean Luke responds semi appropriately. He's he seems like oh gosh, bummer. Yeah, but then, I'm going to throw a party in my head. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately turns around, like comps. Kirk's bill, comps coffee for the entire restaurant. This man is a happy guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the implication was kind of that uh, refills are not free. Mm, yeah. That's kind yeah. of what I got, which is so weird yeah. for coffee. It's just weird. Yeah. For coffee at Luke's. At a diner, even. it's free. Yeah. Um, but It might I have wanna, been a Kirk uh, charge. <laughs> I, I want to uh, focus on my favorite line, which is, what's 6% of 4.43 mm-hmm. um, for a tip? Please do is- not tip 6%. I'm sorry. Don't. Yeah. No, tip a, a good tip. Yeah. But uh, 6% of 4.43 is 0.265, right. which is either 26 cents or 27 cents if Kirk decides to round up. Um, Which I, I don't bet think he, he doesn't. Would. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was funny was that Luke doesn't tell Suki to get off the cell phone. Yeah. He didn't even mention it. Nope. I he wonder, just like, does he what? know that she's talking to Lorelai? Not at that moment. Not yet. Yeah. Like, sh- sh- I think she says, like, at the end of her, like, oh, Lorelai and Max broke up. Mm-hmm. I'm with her now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that cell mm-hmm. phone rule only applies to Lorelai. To Lorelai? Yeah. Because oh, and um, Chris later doesn't Chris get on his phone much much later I mean, Chris or is earlier? Chris. He yeah, does, I don't know. but I don't yeah. think Luke says anything, does he? I don't I remember. Remember, that's the only other example yeah. I could think of besides Lorelai. No, I don't think he says phone. anything because then Chris hands the phone to Lorelai, and that's when he says something. Okay. Yeah, I feel. Um, but Suki, Suki just shakes her head at mm-hmm. all of this. 
at Luke's incredible happiness and all of this stuff. Because she knows. She knows. Oh, yeah. And can I just say, I love Suki's dimples. Yes, me too. Like, she has Melissa, the cutest so dimples. Has always been adorable. So back at the uh, Cheshire Cat, Rory is enduring these kind people's conversation. Um, and Lorelai rescues her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she all but climbs away. Mm-hmm. Like this girl, I don't know what happened to her manners, but they went away. <laughs> well, Lorelai proves she can very easily, hey, we gotta go. Mm-hmm. Oh, look how yeah. easy that was. Yeah. You just walked right out. Who knew? And uh, Lorelai pulls out a map, or Rory pulls out her map, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, um, that she's kept hidden. And they figure out that they're near Boston. Boston equals Harvard. Mm-hmm. And um, Lorelai scrunching up the map, giving it back to Rory, and Rory being so disappointed. Yeah. Um, and Lorelai saying, I will get you a new one when we get there is so funny. I don't know. I love Lorelai's of, is it smaller? Then it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's been a long time since I had one of those big road maps. They yeah. are a oh monster gosh. and they suck to refold. Yeah. You know what's really nice? Like maps. Like Google Maps. Oh, yeah. On your phone. Yeah. It's so nice. So convenient. I am convinced that if we ever hit an apocalyptic state where the internet and maps and satellite goes down, I will never find my way to the grocery store again. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my uh, partner has like a bug out bag he's been outfitting with, you know, water filters and stuff. And he's yep. got paper maps in there. Yep. And I mean, smart. Yep. Smart. <laughs> I've looked at it. I've considered it. Haven't done it yet, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so we go to Harvard, which is not Harvard. It's actually UCLA, but it's fine. Um, I was wondering about <laughs> it's that, Harvard so in our minds. I didn't know if that was actually Harvard or not. It was not. Yeah. Um, but Rory's so excited. She's excited, but she's. I don't a think scared. I've seen her this excited. Yeah. She is. She's a little apprehensive because she wants a tour and she wants a guide. And you know what? This is uh, something that's going to happen to her again mm-hmm. later on, except the next time is going to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I kind of feel bad for her that both times that she sees these big colleges, she doesn't have the guy that she wanted. Yeah. Or the guy that she is going to be to some random 16-year-old later on. Like, that's who she needs. Yeah. I never did, like, an actual guided tour of any of the colleges I applied to, Um like, I visited for the... Actually, I visited the school that I went to for the first time uh, the summer before I started. Just kind of like a freshman mm-hmm. orientation pre-weekend. It's definitely a different experience when you're having, like, a guided tour with somebody who knows versus just, like, walking around with your parents on a campus. Mm-hmm, because yeah. it's, like, sightseeing versus actually learning. And exactly, she's definitely yeah. sightseeing. And Rory's a learner. Yeah. yeah. I remember I did a guided tour at the college that I went to. Um, and I don't... I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember from that tour, at least when I went back for freshman orientation and stuff, like I already knew, okay, here's where the cafeterias are. Here's where the libraries are. You know, here's where this school is and that school. Like it helped a lot versus just showing up Mm -hmm. and being like, wonder what this building is. And Mm -hmm. you couldn't pull out your phone and Google it then. Yeah. But what an unguided tour does allow them is being able to break into the dorms. Yeah. So at my college, my college was a Catholic college. So they had um, 
guards, I guess, posted at every wow. entrance where you had to swipe your ID and you can only get in if you swiped your ID. And if you didn't have your ID, it costs like $25 to get a new one, all this stuff. But the other thing is that you cannot bring a person of the opposite sex up. But anyways, um, so yeah, it was really, really tough. And um, Harvard not having IDs at the I dorms mean, or like not having a My swipe. college that had, I mean, granted, it wasn't founded in 1600 or whatever, but it, I think it was founded in the 1800s-ish. Like we didn't have cards to swipe in. Mm-hmm. We had actual keys and you could oh, not yeah. get yeah. into the dorm part of that building without a key unless somebody like opened the door and let you in which i mean maybe that's what they did here they just waited yeah. and then slept you know right. snuck in behind somebody it just seems really unsafe we called that ghosting uh when yeah. i was in school it was when somebody would like sneak in the door after somebody else like they'd wait mm-hmm. and watch guilty as charged i earned the nickname casper briefly uh the friendly ghost <laughs> because i ghosted so much into a building which was my boyfriend's building his ra actually thought that i lived there but we had to swipe our key card to get into any dorm, but it would only let you into your dorm. So it wasn't like all students mm-hmm. could go into all dorms. It was like you had access to your dorm. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of just having a sign posted that says residents only, like, oh my yeah. gosh. Even, yeah, right? And especially at this point in a post 9-11 world, like we mm-hmm. had ramped up security everywhere. So yeah. um, at my college... You could leave your ID. Um, If you're going to another dorm, you had to leave your ID and then take it back. Um, And it had to be before midnight Mm. because it was after midnight, you would get like in trouble, a fine. It was usually a fine. (laughs) But yeah, they break into this dorm. I actually wanted to ask you guys. I guess I got the answer already, but did you guys dorm? We were required to freshman year. Same. You were. Okay. Where I went, um, you had to... You had to live on campus your freshman year unless you had an exemption. Yeah. All freshmen mm. had to live on campus. Um, and I ended up living on campus for one more year. So freshman mm-hmm. and sophomore year. Yeah, I lived freshman and sophomore year, but we weren't required. It's actually, it was more of a commuter school than anything. Okay. So like, there was only so many dorms. Okay. This conversation makes me so excited for season four. Like, I had a fun yeah. time in college. Like, not like a fun time. I was a very <laughs> square kid. Um, but, like, I had fun in college, and I'm excited to, like, look back at Rory's college life because it really mm-hmm. informed so much of what I thought I needed to do in mine. But, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> well, one thing I will mention is that in this episode, the smallness of the room is more, much more uh, realistic. Yeah. yeah. It's like a dorm. Than the room we're going to get at yeah. Yale. Because at Yale, she gets a whole freaking, like, apartment. It's like Things. a three-room yeah, exactly. apartment. Yeah. Um, but they do they do break into this building, and Lorelai waltzes right into an open room where she mm-hmm. takes a picture of Rory. She makes Rory sit at this person's desk and touch their things. Like, I mean, I don't want to victim blame here. You shouldn't just leave your door open. But at the same time, a grown woman <laughs> should like, know also- not to just go into somebody's room. When I move, I very specifically remember when we first move into our dorms, our RA saying, if you leave your dorm, shut it and lock it. Your door yeah. should never be unlocked mm-hmm. unless you are in it. And mm-hmm. even then, you should probably lock it, but like, never leave yep. it unattended, never or never leave it unlocked and unattended. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. See, and this was only, this would have only been like three years difference mm-hmm. from when I went to college mm-hmm. and when this is happening. And again, post 9 11. Mm-hmm. It's just like basic safety. You're not leaving that door open. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they also break into the classrooms. Mm hmm. And Rory um, and Lorelai peek into a classroom. Lorelai has to go to the bathroom. And then Rory immediately drops her cup of coffee and leaves it there. The thing that, like, makes me almost cringe about this scene is, like, so Rory is watching the class, which, fine, whatever. She drops her coffee. And then she immediately becomes the main character of this classroom. Right. Mm -hmm. The professor speaks to her directly, tells her to come sit down. And she's just, like, talking to him while she does mm-hmm. it. I was just like, no, Rory, don't. <laughs> just be quiet and sit down. Like, I'm just imagining a mass lecture where this happened in real life. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, this is a nightmare. Get this girl out of here. Yeah, that is a nightmare. Um, And, yeah, she has her whole, like, moment with this class. Um, Meanwhile, Lorelai exits the bathroom and she walks over to the Valedictorians. Mm-hmm. And she kind of lingers on 1990. And there's a lot of debate about this scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen on Reddit. and I've seen a little bit. About why the hell does she like linger on 1990. I think it's really obvious. She mentions it later on in the episode of the things that she mm-hmm. missed. The things that she didn't do. 1990 would have been the year she would have graduated. Yeah, I agree That's with it. that. Mm-hmm. Rory participating actively in a lecture that she is not part of. She thinks it's great fun. Oh, man, guys. I did freshman for a day when I was in eighth grade. So, like, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this Mm-mm. program, but you go to a high school and you just become a freshman for a day. You follow one person and they show you around, right? Okay. Um, and you, like, live the day as if you were a freshman. That's fun. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it is also a little daunting because you're eighth yeah, grade right? and you're with the ninth graders. Um, but when I did that, I went and it was math and they asked a question and I was like, I know this. You were the Rory. And I raised my hand and I gave the, he was like, Ooh, the, the eighth grader is going to answer. Let's see if they answer correctly. I did not answer oh, correctly. No. <laughs> it was so humiliating. I was hoping the teacher could be like, the eighth so grader is smarter than all y'all. That's what I was hoping. You really, that was a real big no. switch there, Sandra. <laughs> I brought me up and smashed me down on that story. (laughs) Imagine how I felt. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, Harvard is done. They got all their merch. Yeah, they got like like at least like two hundred dollars worth of things. Yeah, Um, and they're leaving the Cheshire Cat. And there's a bit about Sammy. It's weird. Yeah, they're like this. This one I'll give Ladon. Sammy's not on the stairs, and then she's like, "Oh, Sammy's never on the stairs." And it's like, "Okay, Ladon, I've been rooting for you so hard, girl. Just let I it go." I feel like I feel like at this point, this is just Ladon's like final bit of revenge just on having to deal with them. with them for a couple of days. You messing yeah. with them? What's funny is that their jeep is now filled with other things. Um, but when they were going out of town, it was also they had chairs. With and stuff. What are you going to do with those chairs? I saw yes. that. What are you going to do with those? It's like, are they camping? What it's happened to those chairs? I don't know. It's very weird. But uh, they they get into the hollow really quickly. Mm-hmm. Those four hours went by real quick, and um, everyone is looking at them. Oh my gosh, it's like a zombie movie where they like drive through a deserted town and people look up and you're realizing that they're zombies, except for people look up and you're realizing they're mourning her relationship. 
I took it more as uh, it's the outsider driving into a small town for the first time ever. Mm, Population yeah. of 150 of, oh, new person. How shall we murder you? I mean, Miss Patty looks like she's about to, like, <laughs> cry. Right? Yeah. Hand over the heart. There's a uh, heartbreak for the runaway bride is what I put yep. in the yes. notes. Like, it's just... Oh, and Kirk. Yikes. Kirk. Need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kirk, we're okay. I love Kirk. Well, they... They arrive at their home, and the Hoopa is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something so sad about Lorelai just standing there alone. I mean, she yeah. is holding back tears. Like yeah. It's such a sad mm-hmm. little little moment. But uh, we quickly move on to the Gilmore residence. Again, we have no idea what day it is. It could be Friday. It we could have be... to assume it's Friday. We yeah, have to assume. Something. I don't At know. At this point, I just assume if it's not Friday, Lorelai would be like, well, mom, you have me here on a Thursday night. I'm right. going to give you slides. <laughs> slides. Oh, my gosh. What a throwback. When was the last time you looked right? at slides? I mean, it was like well Never. over. High school? Elementary school. 15 years for me. Yeah. Oh, uh, the projection slides. Did you guys not have that in high school? Like, Mm-mm. when the teacher would no. know? We oh. had the cl- We had the, the TVs brought in. Mm-hmm. Or, yes, because my school, we did not have a TV in every single classroom until I went to like, richer TV. school. Yeah, yeah, we had mm-hmm. the rolling TV. That's, like, the whole school only has two, and you got to rent it out three months in advance. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> or they had, we had, like, the projectors with, like, the clear pages that went mm-hmm. up. We had those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an overhead projector. Yeah. Those are good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Emily is... Now they have smart things. Yeah, smart TVs, Sorry. smart screens. Mm-hmm. No, no. Emily is nonplussed at these very bad slides they're so bad i feel like like emily does very well with these slides (laughs) she i mean she is very uh she she hates hates them them, but she is very patient but yeah how and we only see the tail end of the slides how many pictures do you think had somebody's finger over it like we're blurry at least 85 percent, and then the other 15 percent were like random the harvard leaves well. harvard leaves the harvard chipmunk that's usually that's actually ucla but who cares <laughs> um i just met that emily did very well she definitely toned down what she was probably mm-hmm. thinking well that, they're in a oh, good yeah. they're like in a good, a good period right now right the last time mm-hmm. we saw her was the bachelorette party where yeah. they mm-hmm. seem to be on pretty good terms and lorelei realizes she's got to break the news yeah, and Emily pops a big question. Uh, what about the wedding? Also, she says, wouldn't your fiancé be angry at you leaving? And I'm like, eh, that's a weird question. Yeah, <laughs> but Emily is correct in being like, why would you go on a trip right before you're about to get married? Why are you right? acting yeah. like you're not about to get married? Well, about that. Because I'm not. <laughs> well, first, Emily goes on the most dramatic elopement rant rant ever yeah (laughs) she slaps the knee turns her head like stands like it's a whole thing like if that's what she really thinks though like i knew i would fully understand her being upset like this though but she does finally at a good spot she does but i mean lorelei's her only child emily Mm. clearly has been dreaming about lorelei's wedding since she had lorelei like to feel to think even for a short time that that was essentially stolen from her like i can understand her being upset there um well lorelei quickly corrects her with rory's prompting and i gotta say like i know lorelei was expecting more 
But like Emily has no attachment to Ma- to Max yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. They met once, and it was during a fight between Lorelai and yep. Emily. I mean, I think that she handled it. I guess she didn't give like an emotional response, which is maybe what Lorelai was looking for. But she, mm-hmm. I mean, she just was like, "Okay, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna fight you on it. I'm just gonna accept it. I'm gonna think logically about. Well, I gotta return your gift." <laughs> I can't decide if Lorelai wanted like an emotional. What happened? Are you okay? Like, can I do anything in response? Or if she was like expecting to be attacked, and then when she didn't get attacked, she probably was. She's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Now I'm gonna find a reason mm-hmm. to attack you. Then what'd you get me? Was it teaspoons? I bet it was teaspoons. Nobody ever uses teaspoons. I use teaspoons. Yeah, I, right. I use teaspoons. I use all of my random silverware and cutlery because I don't have a ton, and sometimes you use a small. It fork. was actually tea stirring spoons. Tea stirring spoons. So okay. specifically for iced tea, um, spoons to stir. Mm. So they would be longer. Ooh. Um, so while you're doing it in the picture, picture they're just a little bit longer. And she's right. No one actually uses them because they just reach for a spoon. Yeah. No, I do use them. And do it themselves. I did anyway. So we had a oh, set Emily when does. I was a kid. <laughs> and um, a, then we when we had a set of cups from my grandma that she gave to my dad that were skinny and really mm-hmm. tall. But they were like perfect chocolate milk cups and so i would use the tea stirring spoons to stir the chocolate because they the cups were very narrow at the bottom so like a big spoon while it was tall enough was too big for the bottom to like stir very well so it was the perfect you know chocolate milk stirring spoon Mm. it's getting cold in new jersey right now and a hot cocoa oh my gosh okay i just have to because you brought up hot cocoa i would never have said this otherwise Mm -hmm. but Recently, I was at Target, and I did that thing where you accidentally buy stuff you don't need at Target. They make Swiss mm-hmm. Miss with Lucky Charms marshmallows now. What? Yep. Yikes. Milk chocolate Swiss Miss packets, and each one comes with I a packet of Lucky Charms marshmallows. It's just like marshmallows. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Look well, into I it. I know what I want for Christmas now. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, I have to look into this. It was so fun. Um... But going back to Gilmore Girls, Lane Lane's is, home. is walking down the street. She's home. Korea did not kill no, she her. She actually had an okay her. time. She had fun. Yeah. She physically I'm strapped glad she had fun. bootstrap CDs to her body to mm-hmm. get them through custody. Yeah. What teenager thinks of this? <laughs> also, again, in a post-9-11 world, nobody was strapping anything to their body on a no. flight. Nope. And that's a really awkward joke to make in a post-9-11 world, like, recently. I am just, I'm under the impression that Gilmore Girls is pretending that never happened. I think they pretend it doesn't happen until, like, later, later seasons. Yeah, college years? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like Paris makes a reference. I feel like the only show that acknowledged it, this is gonna make me sound real old, guys, but it was Seventh Heaven? Oh my god. We had an entire episode about it. Um, We can't even get into Seventh Heaven. There's like too much dirt there. (laughs) There's a lot there. Anyways, going back to this, um, Lane is home. She's good. Um, She had a good time. Rory's happy to see her. It was just an open ended ticket. in like months. It wasn't a big deal. Lane was overreacting but at the same time her parents certainly didn't do anything to make her feel better about the situation so no her her parents egged no, it on didn't. 
Yeah. I am convinced of this. And um, Lorelai leaves the girls talking to go inside to Luke's. Mm -hmm. And um, Luke immediately realizes... Uh, no, I think Lorelai mentions the... Mm -hmm. The, um, the Huffa. And Luke is like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm such an idiot. Um, but what I love is that, you know, Lorelai starts explaining they went to Harvard. Luke immediately picks up on the fact of like, and how did you feel about that? Yeah. yeah. You know, he knows her. They have a great friendship. Like before it even gets mm -hmm. to be a romance, they have a great friendship. They just mm -hmm. see in each other things that nobody else does. And they like ask each other the right questions. They're great. Yeah. They have such fantastic chemistry. Like Lauren Graham and um, mm -hmm. Scott Patterson alone. Mm -hmm. They just have their whole thing. Yeah. It just works. And I fully understand why they were shoved to shoved together. Yeah, from episode one. <laughs> but Lorelai admits that she loved it and she hated mm -hmm. it. And um, she made a joke early in the episode about like, "I'll be living off campus so I can visit you every mm -hmm. weekend." And it's like I am, like I said, I'm currently watching season four and five um, on my rewatch. And like Lorelai not with Rory is a weird thing, mm -hmm. but it is it's life. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. But it's I think it's probably hard when you and your daughter are the only people you've had, you know, like you mm -hmm. have been a unit mm -hmm. for 16 years. Yeah, hard to imagine. To see her fit so well mm -hmm. in this college life. And it kind of like makes Lorelai think, you know, maybe even seeing the photo of the valedictorian of just like everything she's missed, everything she wants to do. And still has to do. And the conversation shifts to, hey, credit and like cash and all yes. this stuff. Talk to me about it. Business owner, talk to me. I love how Luke responds. Yeah. Of, okay, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. He's just like, he um, he's confident. He, you know, knows a little bit about the subject. He's happy to help. He supports her. Yeah. She wants to open it's this in. And like. I will say I'm surprised that he didn't take any kind of loan or anything out to start the restaurant, to start the diner. I think, isn't that, Luke like has money, right? Isn't that kind of a thing? Yeah. The implication is that Luke has a lot of money. Yeah. I don't, yes. There is that implication on and off. There's also other times where it sounds like Luke is poor, but like, I do think, you know, single He's man. He's not $30 million. Yeah. yeah. Single man in his 30s living alone lives in the lives in the apartment above his diner. No outside living expenses. Like, I fully understand why he would have a lot of money set aside. But mm -hmm. I would see that coming from the diner. Not. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. I, unless. Oh, you mean like, like not like a family yeah. inheritance kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, yeah. maybe he used like his dad's inheritance. Like life insurance or something. Well, he already had the, the store. Yeah, but there's still like overhead. The and store was still his. Assuming for like the yeah, appliances and tables, dishware. It's mm -hmm. a good point. Maybe Keith or Sutherland, his best friend, <laughs> True. lent him money. Yes, <laughs> but it was a gift, not a loan. You know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we end the episode with uh, Lane and Rory scaring off and Lorelai calling Suki and being like, "Let's go. Hey, let's talk about mm -hmm. the end." Let's do this. Yeah. And and that was this episode, guys. We spent most of it on tangents because this was because that Because we of had episode. the time. And we knew we had the time. <laughs> yeah. I I'm mean, fine with that. Nevertheless, an episode that was needed mm -hmm. 
It was the little bridge between Max and what lies yes. ahead. Um, and with that in mind, we're going to move on to Town Person of the Week. Which, guys, controversial because it's two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. But it's Rory, right? I think it's kind of got to be Rory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her and Lorelai right. are the only people we consistently have in this episode. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Emily has her small bit. Luke has his small bit. Suki has Suki. her small bit. I mean, Suki but... maybe for, like, being a good friend, but she's so – she has such a small part in this episode. Yeah. 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 No, I just think that Rory just – I mean, she fit in, guys. Yeah. She fit in. She, she stood up for herself against her mom, of mm-hmm. all people. I'm like, no, you owe me an explanation for this. And then when Lorelai finally gives it to her, she accepts it. Gives her a kiss in the cheek and, like, yeah. moves on, yeah. Um. So, yeah, congrats, Rory. Twice in a row. Uh, last season was a little rough for you. It, like, a rough start for you. But this season, you're right off the Way gate. Way to go. And after Town Person of the Week, we have references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. All right. So, um, references. So, I, I want to focus on three different references for this week. Um, it's a little bit out of order, but the first one I'm going to start with is the one that Lorelai herself told me to look up, and that is close enough for jazz. So Lorelai asks if she's close to the curb. Rory says you're within five feet, and Lorelai responds with the line close enough for jazz. So this is an idiom, basically meaning good enough. Um, it comes from the thought that an instrument, even if it wasn't finely tuned, and if it sounds kind of wonky, would still be good enough for jazz. Interesting. Obviously, jazz musicians are not particularly fond of this statement, (laughs) of this idiom. Um, It is also a Van Morrison song, or like an album. (laughs) But um, that's basically what it means. Close enough for jazz, good enough. Um, Sucks for jazz players. Uh, but really, I want to focus on Rory's class at Harvard. Okay. So every time I watch this, I'm like, what are they talking about in this class? Uh, so they're talking about Seneca. So Seneca is Lucius Aeneas Seneca the Younger, a Roman Stoic philosopher, born in 4 BC, died in 65 AD. Um, so he was a tutor. Sorry, I'm very nice. mature. <laughs> um, he was a tutor and then the advisor to Emperor Nero. And um, he allegedly took part in the conspiracy to assassinate Nero. Ooh. He was most likely innocent, um, but he still very famously killed himself as punishment. Because he was just thought of like being part of this conspiracy. Um, But what he did, he wrote a lot about stoicism. So that means he wrote about the need to control destructive emotions and to confront one's own morality, um, mortality, not morality, um, and be willing to practice poverty and use wealth wisely. 
However, Mr. Seneca was a really big hypocrite. <laughs> There's no way to say this. Okay. Uh, he wrote plays filled with destructive emotions. Uh, he loved to write these plays. And also, he was incredibly wealthy and powerful, but advocated for the simple life. So he was basically like Bezos trying to be like, you should just farm, <laughs> but then never farmed himself. He would say that. Um, and that's Seneca. And that's what Rory was arguing about. Um, and my last reference. Um, every so often, there's going to be a random guest star that is going to be not a focus, um, but is kind of famous, mm -hmm. right? So random guest star alert. Uh, last season, we had Brandon Ruth. This week, it is Masioka, who is known for playing Hiro Nakamura. Oh, yeah. In oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought he uh -huh. was familiar. Every time I see him, so I'm like, that's the guy from Heroes, but I never remember his name. Yep. Um, this is the kid that it, that like is like, oh, this again or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then she taps on the shoulder and it's like, this was fun. Um, this is his third ever role. Aww. Oh. He's such yep. a baby in this episode. <laughs> he was. Uh, two years later, he had a guest spot on Scrubs. And he was in a bunch of early 2000 shows. Reba, Without a Trace, and Joey, if anyone remembers yeah. Joey. Uh, <laughs> remember Joey? Yes. Did I watch it? No. No, I don't I don't think anyone watched it. <laughs> um, in 2006, he got Heroes. So Who he co-stars with... Yes. So this kind of ties into the Gilmore world because Heroes also starred Milo Ventimiglia. Um, so it's a really nice little coincidence that his co-star starred in his previous show mm -hmm. and then literally one episode before he got mm -hmm. there. Um, but yeah, those were my references. Just some little uh, a philosopher, a hero, and an idiom. <laughs> Gilmore Girls in a nutshell. <laughs> Basically. But up next, we have Books with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. Okay, finally, first episode this season, we get a book. Been doing movies Yay! or TV Ooh. shows, mostly movies. Mm -hmm. um, so. In the very one of the end episodes when the girls are back at Friday night dinner with Emily and Lorelai is chasing Emily around the house trying to figure out what gift she got, we go it cuts back to Rory sitting on the couch reading a Virginia Woolf novel. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. um, there were a couple other books mentioned, Seneca being one of them. Um, Lorelai mentions like, well, it's no Tuesdays with Maury when they're at Harvard. I read that book. Lorelai's not wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm doing Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. Uh, it was published in 1925. It details a day in the life of Clarissa Dalloway, a fictional high society woman in post-First World War England. Um, it is one of her best-known novels. So the summary on this is it takes place over one day in June in 1923. Clarissa Dalloway goes around London in the morning getting ready to host a party and it reminds her of the her youth spent in the countryside of Borton and makes her think about her husband and her choice of husband she married the reliable Richard Dalloway instead of the enigmatic and demanding Peter Walsh that's 
That's her story. Hmm. Um, the first love triangle? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and then it go. the other main character is Septimus Warren Smith, a First World War veteran suffering from deferred traumatic stress. So... PTSD, um, spends his day in the park with his Italian-born wife, Lucrezia, where Peter Walsh observes them. So, who she would have married otherwise. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So Septimus is visited by frequent and indecipherable hallucinations, mostly concerning his friend Evans, who died in the war. Later that day, he is involuntarily committed to a hospital. And, uh, Spoiler happens, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> anyway, she learns, Clarissa learns about his situation that evening, even though she knows nothing about him. And it just, it's kind of an interesting end. She starts like reflecting on him and his life, I guess, and the choices that he made, and she admires them. Anyway, what's interesting about this is I guess when it came out, there were a lot of similarities between Mrs. Dalloway and, I don't know if you guys will remember this, James Joyce's Ulysses. Mm -hmm. Uh. So we discussed this last season, that book. Um, Ulysses is often considered one of the greatest novels of the 20th century, but Virginia Woolf herself was like, no, mm -mm, not what I was doing. Leave it alone. She straight up just says, nope. (laughs) Not mine. Uh, but I thought that was interesting because that there was such, like, we've seen Rory read both of these mm-hmm. books now. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot of correlation between the two. So is it but like I think it'd be a fun book to a, read. Um, Twilight and Harry Potter can exist and, like, be separate entities kind of thing? Or is it, like, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's, like, Pride and Prejudice and Odysseus. So just two very different things? <laughs> just, it's two, diffi- two very different things. Yeah, two completely yeah, I- different things. So they say that it's because a lot of the story of Mrs. Dalloway is told through flashbacks, mm. mm-hmm. which I guess is a very is how Ulysses was told as well was through. So it's more the style, okay? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so it literally the sentences because of structural and stylistic similarities, mm. commonly thought to be a response that. to James. Oh, yeah, to be a response to James Joyce's Ulysses, but she denied any deliberate method to the book, saying instead that the structure came about without any conscious direction. Well, I mean, a woman could never write an original story, so. No, heaven forbid, especially (laughs) in the 20s. But yeah, so that was Virginia Woolf, Mrs. Dalloway. Um, After that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. So this was a filler episode. We can all agree to that. Um... And unfortunately, it kind of gave us some filler clothes as well. Uh, Lorelai and Rory wear what I would just call road trip clothes for the majority. They're in, you know, comfortable t-shirts and jeans or, you know, sweatpants. They're just comfortable. They're on a road trip. They're in their bed and breakfast room. Um, There are a couple of standout outfits, just a few, um, and... So one of the standout outfits was Rory's Friday night dinner dress, which I thought was really fun. It's a navy blue short sleeve shirt dress, um, but it's got like leaves and like little seed pods mm-hmm. all over it. So it's very autumnal, super cute. And then later when she is uh, back in Stars Hollow and meets up with Lane, she has a green zip up hooded sweater she puts over it. And it's very cute. 
Uh, Emily's hair is pointed out in this episode. She said she just got it done for Lorelai's wedding. And it looks really great. Mm -hmm. It's a great style. One of the outfits that I did not love was Lorelai's Friday night dinner outfit. I didn't pay as much attention to the bottom, but she had on this kind of like aqua blue button up. Um, And this is more of a styling thing. It was just so wrinkly. Mm -hmm. Like it was wrinkly, like she had clearly been wearing it through a lot of takes. And so like places where like the arm meets the the body of the shirt or like the elbows, the inner elbows were just like wrinkly. And it's one of those things where if you own that kind of shirt and you know how like gross and wrinkly it gets, you just don't wear it. Cause it's like, I'll look frumpy in 20 minutes from wearing Mm -hmm. this shirt. Just didn't love it. Um, Also the semi sheer shirt with a camisole underneath look. Oh man. I loved that in the (laughs) nineties. That was like my favorite look ever in the nineties. I like it if it's a, maybe like a darker semi sheer with like a color underneath. But I just didn't love this aqua blue sheerness. But Cher and Clueless, the white on white, gorgeous. <laughs> See, but that's different. That's a monochromatic look. Lorelai just looks like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Suki does wear a bandana in this episode. She wears a gray and white paisley bandana as a headband. Uh, but I think the real fashion star of this episode was LaDawn. Uh <laughs> I've brought it up a number of times throughout the podcast. Face the cottagecore right thing. <laughs> it's it's current right now. Uh, and also just she was the only character that had any kind of style in this episode or any kind of personal style. Because, I mean, we saw, like, basic style. road trip clothes, right? T-shirt and jeans. In quotations. In quotes. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> Can I offer an opinion? And this is 100% just my opinion. Mm-hmm. My opinion, if Mrs. Frizzle from the Magic School, <laughs> bu- school Bus was a b and mm-hmm. this would be her. These outfits yeah, would be her outfit. I can see that. I mean, it's it's a very, like, it's a very over-the-top style. But my point is that so much of the fashion in this episode is blah. And then yeah. you have LaDawn, who's like, I have a sense of self. Yeah. I have a sense of what I like. In this episode, we see her in a white floral shirt dress, which is very, like, crisp and prim and proper and like kind of you know 50s housewifey we see her in a long sleeve blue denim shirt dress um with a very frilly yellow floral apron over top of it which i thought was honestly it's cute i would wear that apron to bake and to cook in are you kidding me heck yeah no i wouldn't wear it but i love it (laughs) oh i would wear it i have a frilly apron that i wear when i cook (laughs) um and then we also see her in a pink short sleeve dress with like a lettuce hem, so that kind of like wrinkly hem, uh, and a pink floral apron. So I'm not saying that she's the best dressed. I'm giving Rory best dressed in her navy blue and leaf print dress, and I'm giving Lorelai worst dressed in her wrinkly blue button-up, but LaDawn absolutely was my steal item. I loved that uh, the denim dress that she was wearing underneath the the frilly apron, I thought was just like cool and '90s casual. Um, but I also I love that apron. I know that it's silly, and I know it was added to the character to continue to make her look over the top and ridiculous. I would I would absolutely wear that. I love it. I think it's super fun. Um, did you guys have any fashion that stood out to you in the episode? It was um, I mean, not a lot. I would love to steal a Harvard sweater. But, like, not yeah. necessarily either of the ones that they were wearing. But, like... Yeah, yeah, they were just wearing, like, 
t-shirts and buck- uh, bucket uh, hats. Yeah, there was. Kind of mm. coming back. I just want a red Harvard sweater, but like, just in general. <laughs> so the the Harvard t-shirt that Rory is wearing, I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys had this, but like my college had tons of shirts oh, like yeah. that, those, just the name of the college, just oh, yeah. kind of like that slightly arced, arched mm-hmm. wording. But I'd say those were some of like the most comfortable shirts I had I've ever oh, yeah. owned. Expensive too. So I guess, I guess I, well, my dad uh, bought them yeah. for me. <laughs> Not me. Um, so I guess if I were to steal anything, it would be one of those t-shirts just so I could have one mm. again. I, I did that. think that the one that Rory is wearing, which is, I think, the gray one, mm-hmm. it not only fits her really well, but the fabric falls really nicely. Yes. So it's like one of those nice t-shirts. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a lot of those like crisp, like Gildon, you know, mm-hmm. printed shirts that aren't great. That's a good one. So Yeah. One more, just one thing I noticed is Emily's outfit, her mm-hmm. top. Too big. I feel like it's a lot yeah. longer than what it normally is. It has a much lower cut. Like, it's actually mm-hmm. below her hips. Whereas normally, yeah. I feel like it reaches kind of, like, right at her hip. So, it was, it was a slightly different look for I her. like... A slightly different fit for her. a couple sizes too big for her. It looked really yeah. loose. Yeah. Yeah. It was also kind of boxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird. But her hair was great. Oh, yeah. Her hair looked yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, kind of a filler episode for fashion. Um, I think LaDawn was like a fun little fashion mm-hmm. punch just because she was just so different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully next episode uh, we get some fresh new outfits. I don't know, fresh new characters. <laughs> we'll see. What could Will happen? Will there be a leather jacket in my future? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. So as usual, uh, all of our listeners have been fantastic, have been writing in, um, giving us their thoughts on the episode. And uh, as we were prepping to record, we asked what you guys thought of this episode. And we got a number of responses. Uh, From Nadia Sophie, we got such a cute episode. I love the scenes in the car and the bed and breakfast is hilarious. From Ellen, we got my mom and I stayed in a B&B just like that after my breakup. I wish Laura would have explained more to Rory. She dragged her 16-year-old with her and won't explain. It's crappy. Agreed. I think we totally agree with that. Thank you, Ellen. Um, And then Kendra wrote, I actually love this episode and think their starvation, in quotations, and social isolation is hilarious, especially when Rory talks to that couple about Dean while eating muffins. Also, Harvard was filmed at UCLA. Go Bruins! So, obviously, like Sandra, Kendra has a good eye for that thing. But thank you to everybody who gave us your thoughts on the episode. Yep. And um, we actually got a comment about last week's episode. Ooh, actually, two weeks ago at this point. Um, And it was about Shusha. So, it's from Gabby Ortega, who says... Um, I've always wondered if Shusha was the Brazilian superstar Shusha or if it was some American reference with the same name. Great episode, girls. Um, again, how I miss this woman, I have no idea it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but yes, the same person. And thank you. And then last one for this week is we have a new review on Apple Podcasts. Um, again, we love these reviews for on that specific platform. It helps get our podcast out there so from planty m 
Uh, I hope we share the same name. But from (laughs) she says, this is such a fun listen. I love the attention to detail this podcast has. I look forward to it every week. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Emily, yeah, thank, thank you, you, all of you guys. We we love the reviews. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. All of it. Thank you. And when we say all of you, um, that number is steadily growing. And yes. uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you may have already seen, but we hit so a excited. really big number, 10,000 plus at this point, listens. Like, it's crazy. What are we at? I'm cur- I'm pulling it up right now. I'm really curious. Uh, ten thousand two hundred and forty-three right now. That's insane. Thank you so much for everyone who has listened. For people who have like put us on multiple times, I think like it's it's mm-hmm. insane, mm-hmm. and I'm really really Thank grateful. You. It's kind of um, wild to imagine that my voice has been heard <laughs> over ten thousand times. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, But we are super, super grateful for you guys, as always. Uh, And keep writing in, keep reviewing us, keep sharing us with your friends. It all helps. And Mm -hmm. we're really glad to have you on this journey. So before we end the episode, guys, it's time for coffee. And guess what, guys? There was coffee. We drank coffee. Yay! It only took... We drank coffee. We spilled coffee. Four episodes. Lorelai had two cups of coffee and Rory had one cup of coffee that fell in the classroom. Yes. As I was like, this episode ended as I was watching it and I was thinking back, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a bet with myself. I think Lorelai had two <laughs> and Rory had one. And I was right. And I'm you so, are right. there's literally nothing to be proud of, but I'm I mean, proud of that. <laughs> I'm sure Lorelai would appreciate it. And coffee is no longer a given. We assumed that when we went into Mm -hmm. it. Coffee is a gift and we should be grateful every day. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if season two is going to have less coffee. Although I think maybe I'll balance out because Rory's going to be going to Luke's diner a little bit more for whatever reason. I'm thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just because she might want to. I don't know. We'll We'll see. see. But she might be too distracted by a uh, certain... A waiter? person there a certain what's his name there is a word that i'm i want to i want to call it but i can't think of it and he has such a strange name tomorrow like i can't even think of it yeah Yeah. weird name (laughs) if anybody is listening to us for like the first time like (laughs) they're like these girls are weird (laughs) weird what are they doing everything will be clear in the next episode we promise Eye candy is the word. Uh, Rory has some specific eye candy she is. She starts watching. Well, thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening to us. Um, I was Jess. And I was Sandra. And I was Emily. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at townmeetingpod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.